Thank you for visiting the MediOps Show, brought to you by the Medical Logistics and Transportation Organization, MediOps. I'm your host, Rylan Stone. Today we are speaking with Dr. Michael Havig. Dr. Havig is an orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist. Over his many years of practice, he noticed an emerging trend in direct pay patient populations. They had no way to pay. To solve this issue, he founded HealthMe. HealthMe is an online marketplace where patients can access bundled services while simultaneously handling the infrastructure of these transactions for providers. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks a lot. Look forward to it. Yeah, of course. So I guess to, to start, let's go back to your founding story. Where did you start? I, you're, an, you're an MD, so take me really far back to school. What kind of got you into healthcare? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, actually my father was a physician. Uh, he's a cardiothoracic surgeon. I'm an orthopedic surgeon, so we do different things. But uh, I guess growing up, kind of in a medical family, I kind of was always on my radar. Um, Career-wise, it just, it just was a good fit for me. I mean, orthopedic surgery in particular, you know, I used to work construction when I was a kid and build things. And, you know, I, li- I like to see the fruits of my labor, so to speak, you know, where you, <laughs> yeah. something's broken and you fix it. Uh, and so it, ortho was a good fit. So I started down that path, um, you know, trained at Emory University in Atlanta, did a sports medicine fellowship, uh, did some work for the U.S. ski team for a long time, about Very 20 cool. years covering events. So it's been a great career. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, super fun. So now you're an MD, you're an ortho. Where did you see a need? I mean, we're at, we're at Health 2023 today. Um, but yeah, where did you see a need and where did you kind of go from there? Yeah, so I mean, I think as, as a physician, I, you, you know, if you talk to other physicians, everyone's frustrated with the way kind of healthcare's gone, right? I mean, we don't generally know what we're charging for anything. We're dictated what we're going to get paid. Uh, we do more work for less pay. Yeah. And when I say more work, I don't mean seeing more patients, although most of us do. It's more administrative work, right? Data entry in order to get paid for my services. And at the end of the day, as a physician, what I want to do is take good care of my patients. And in exchange for that, I want to be paid a reasonable price in a timely fashion without having to drop, jump through a lot of hoops. And I think we can all agree, whether you're a patient or a doctor, our healthcare payment system is broken. I don't like saying our system's broken. I think we provide great care, but the way, the cost of it, the way it's bought and sold, the third parties involved, it's just, yeah, it's just become too complicated for anybody. Yeah, very fragmented. So you actually run your own practice, is that right? That's correct, yeah. Okay, I mean, so you're in your practice kind of going day to day, and you want to collect payment in a, in a cash form or a, a credit from, yeah. your empo- or from your patients outside of the insurance networks. Yeah, so th- the way I started on this path is I think every physician has a self-pay policy for their office, okay. right? So it's a piece of paper that sits in a filing cabinet somewhere on a desktop of a computer that no one knows where it is, no one even knows that it exists, but it exists for compliance sake somewhere, right? Um, but here's what happens. If you call a doctor's office and say, hey, I wanna see the doctor, I wanna pay cash, what's it cost? Um, there's brain break, quite honestly, because mm-hmm. the people taking that call, I like to say are some of the nicest, hardest working people that work in my office, yeah. but they also have the highest turnover, they, we don't educate them in, in, in this field. We educate them in third-party billing collection. And healthcare traditionally has been retrospectively priced. And what I mean by that is you see the doctor, they do a number of services, you add all those up, and then a price pops up. And that price is usually 5x higher than most of the insurers pay. And the bottom line is that self, if you're a self-payer, you get quoted this ridiculously high price, if you can get a price at all. And generally there's a disconnect and you're turned away because the person on the phone doesn't want to do the math and try and add things up and yeah. guess what the doctor's going to do. In essence, we're asking to predict the future to figure out a price. So we learned that we had to basically prospectively price healthcare. And if, you prospect, if you're going to put a price on any product, I guess I should say, 
you need a product. You need to know what the product is. Yeah. And in healthcare, nobody knows what the product is. Is it a five minute visit or a 50 minute visit? Well, we don't know until we see the patient. Is it an x-ray or no x-ray? Again, we don't know. Is it this or that or this lab test? The good news is probably 85% of healthcare can be bundled into a product. And if you have a product, now you can put a price on it. Okay. And those things don't seem that hard to do, but it's not the way anybody practices medicine. And not just doctors, nobody thinks that way. And what I, just, what I learned is if I want to serve these patients who are directly paying for their care, I need to bundle my services, price them, and then retail them like any other small business owner. You know, put a reasonable price in front of them, give them simple ways to pay, in fact, digitally pay, and buy like they're buying on Amazon. So, um, you know, that's what I set out to do is really solve a problem in my office. One thing led to another, and uh, that's that became Health Me, which is the company I founded. And we're out here at Health uh, meeting with folks and, yeah. and talking about our, our company. So it's great. Really cool story. So how long have you guys been in business? We've actually been in business for about six years now. Uh, initially, it was just me, right? Uh, so building a solution to solve for my practice. When I started down this path, I didn't, you know, I thought it could be a company, but that wasn't my focus. It was yeah. just really solving the problem. And um, so very slow growing the first few years, right? It was me just kind of dabbling and with a with a software dev team. And, you know, we turned out a minimum viable product, basically, and uh, it actually worked great. And, you know, one thing led to another. Number one, we did this to serve what I thought was a very small group of patients who, you know, I just wanted to provide better service because a lot of them were my friends, quite honestly. Um, and I felt guilty that I couldn't give them a price for the services. And what's uh, the demographic of those patients? Is it... Yeah, what's your yeah, no, it's a great it's a great question. I think in healthcare, uh, a lot of offices and institutions in healthcare think of self-pay. There's a saying, self-pay equals no pay, hmm. right? And it couldn't be further from the truth, really. I think the reason self-pay is traditionally equal no pay is because we didn't give the patient a, a product or a price and a simple way to pay, Yeah. right? And so if you provide those things, we learned the market was much bigger than we imagined it. My staff, myself, was like, oh my gosh, we're seeing all these people. And so that then kind of light bulb went off that probably other people are having the same problem. Did some research and showed that's the case, that better than 90% of at least orthopedic offices, but I think you could translate that to other specialists, uh, will turn away a self-payer. Not, not willingly or knowingly, but you know, no one, again, no one knows where that yeah. piece of paper is sitting in a drawer somewhere. Yeah. So it's easier to say no than haggle with people and, and, and whatnot. So what we've done is built kind of a turnkey solution for medical practices to really serve direct payers. Okay, so uh, before our conversation, you'd mentioned you're essentially building Shopify for healthcare. Is yes. that right? Yeah, that's right. And so the analogy there, for those of you who don't know what Shopify is, most people on this podcast probably do, but Shopify helps small business owners retail their services digitally. Um, and so what we do is we first have to help these people bundle in price, which we've got a great algorithm to do that. And now that they've bundled in price, the question is, well, how do you get that in front of the consumer? Yeah. And so we give the practices basically a, you know, 24-7, 365 marketplace page on their website where patients can discover their services, just like they might at a small business owners. They can purchase those. And uh, we give them kind of a digital shopping experience like they'd find on Amazon. You can pay by credit card and split credit cards. You can finance your purchases. You can pay by Google Pay, soon Apple Pay. Um, and so it's really easy for the patients. So they see reasonably priced healthcare, you know, similar to what you'd pay to go to the dentist or vet, and even cheaper in a lot of cases, quite honestly. Uh, and people, quite honestly, the consumers are, I think, really very pleasantly surprised how reasonable it is to see a doctor 
and get the care you need, right? It's yeah. just, it's been kind of very enlightening for me because I think we all know what we get paid. And I think most people think, well, doctors, yeah, they make a good living. We do. I mean, I make a good living, but I, I get paid the same today for everything I do or less than I did 20 years ago when I started practicing, wow. despite inflation and everything. Yeah. So if you adjust that for inflation, you know, I make significantly less. And uh, patients see these huge bills that come from hospitals and hospital systems. And not to beat on the hospitals. The hospitals are great. We all need the hospitals. But there is so much stuff that can be done outside the hospital for a much more reasonable price. And if people only knew that, they could save money and, you know, get the access to the care they need as opposed to put off needed care for fear of kind of a high price. Yeah. Yeah, I really need to go see the doctor to get this checked out. But, gosh, it might cost a 1000 bucks. It might cost... I don't know what it costs, so I'm not going to go. Yeah. And if no, they say I, they can buy that visit for a couple hundred bucks, they're like, yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, no, I can definitely relate to that. It's You don't want to have a $1,000 bill that yeah, exactly. surprise just to go get a, a quick little thing done. So let's kind of pretend I'm a doc, and I, well, I'll be you in this situation. Okay. Let's say I'm an orthopedic surgeon, and I want to bundle a knee surgery. Sure. What are you kind of including in that package? Yeah, so in the surgical bundles, everything's included, right? So it's all about no surprise bills, right? I think everyone's frustrated that if they have a procedure, these bills roll in forever. They, they often say, this is not a bill, you know, <laughs> but then there's a little Visa logo down there where yeah. you can put your card in. It's like, what? You know, there's a, I, I still personally don't even understand why those things go out. But anyway, we want everything to be included. So a surgical bundle would include the surgeon's fee, the anesthesia, the facility fee, in most cases, the implants, uh, durable medical equipment, 90 days of uncomplicated post-op care, we have the ability to offer complication insurance on the bundles to cover any un unforeseen complications. Very cool. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we want to make it so the patient knows their price, they pay for it, they're done. And they get great service and they get better and uh, everybody's happy. The doctor's happy because they got paid a reasonable price with no effort to bill and collect, which can cost, like I said, I think 15 to 40% of every healthcare dollar. It's a broad range, but there's a lot of studies yeah. out there and they're extremely variable. Um, and one other thing I'll point out is not just surgery bundles. I mean, what we do that's relatively unique in the market is we offer patients access to office visits. So the journey for the patient generally starts at an office visit. Most people don't know they necessarily need a surgery. Sometimes they're looking for a second opinion and things. But we start at the office visit and then non-surgical care, physical therapy bundles, injections, uh, all the non-surgical treatments generally are tried first in the usual patient care journey. And then if they do need surgery, they can buy that for a reasonable price too, post-op, physical therapy, all those things. So, Very, very cool. What's been the biggest challenge as you guys have scaled and built this company? Uh, you know, initially it's changed a little bit over the years. So initially it was nobody understood this market. And a lot of people still don't, quite honestly. So I'd talk to a physician's group or I, you know, would be speaking at a meeting about transparently priced bundled care. And people would look at me like, like I have two heads, right? They're like, what are you talking about? Self-pay equals no pay. Why would we want to accommodate more self-pay patients? This sounds crazy. But then you explain to them who the mark, what the market is. You know, it's the uninsured small business owners. It's the people with high deductibles. It's people in sharing ministries. It's people who can't afford insurance but can afford a couple hundred bucks for an office visit, right? Yeah. And now you're giving people access to care that they needed. And then when you explain it that way, people say, "Oh, kind of a light bulb goes off," and uh, and they realize. So that was kind of the early years. Now people understand it a little better because the government has pushed for pricing transparency, kind of in the form of the No Surprises Act and other things. Uh, but now the headache is just getting people to change workflows, getting people to change the way they do things. I think in any industry, but in particularly healthcare, it's hard, it's hard to try something, to get people to try something new. Yeah. 
yeah. even though there's really no risk, they still see insured patients. It's not going all concierge. It's not any of that. It's just adding another, you know, what I like to say is, look, think of us as another payer, and you're just signing a new contract, and we're going to pay. And guess what? I'm not going to dictate what, you be, what you're paid. You tell me what you want to be paid, that's going to be your price. And that's very appealing yeah. to the docs because it gives them a little more control. Yeah. So. Very, very cool. Over the next five years, right now you've really focused on the, the cons direct consumer aspect. What's your five-year plan? Where are you going with this? Yeah, great question. So you're right. So we started kind of in what people might call the retail space of healthcare, self-payers that we described already. Um, and that alone is a great, great market to serve. However, we've built the platform up enough now where we have enough providers that we've kind of garnered the attention of this, the self-insured employer market. So there's a whole ecosystem that navigates care, that pays for care for self-insured employers. And we've had them reach out to us who have encountered our bundles on a practice maybe that they've just discovered, you know, through no efforts of ours, but they've just stumbled upon these bundles. And then they reach out to us saying, hey, how do you connect us with more of these providers? Hmm. And so we've actually built uh, a navigation tool um, that's more of an aggregator of all our clients where you can, uh, that navigator, that TPA, that broker advisor, that, or that employer directly in the self-funded space could discover office visits, injections, physical therapy, MRI imaging, and surgeries if needed, and keep that patient kind of within a system where they know their costs. And in doing that, they benefit the patient by a lot of these companies will have, you know, no deductible if you find good transparently priced value-based care uh, and other types of rewards. And, you know, traditionally people have been traveling for medicine in these situations where they might find someone that offers a bundle, but they have to get on an airplane to access that bundle. My goal, and we have a big enough network now that my goal is to keep care local. I think local care is better mm -hmm. care, uh, where patients can stay in their own community and get transparently priced bundled care. Because let's face it, the only reason someone gets on an airplane for health care, 90% of the time it's cost, maybe 10% of the time it's for, uh, you know, very complex care, you know, cancer care, complex surgeries where you go into an academic medical center, which is very valuable. I mean, I think that's a great reason to travel for care, but nobody should be traveling for care for price, quite honestly, for basic procedures, I, I would say, yeah. right? Very, very cool. Okay, well, I guess we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast as well. Sure. What would be, if you could go back in time to your 21-year-old self, <laughs> what advice would you give to someone that wants to start a business, wants to start a company, specifically in healthcare? Yeah, so I think, so a couple of things. I mean, first of all, just generally, not healthcare, and then I'll go into healthcare. I think you need to live the problem, honestly, and this this isn't anything new. But what I, I, I see, particularly in this healthcare conference like health, I see a lot of solutions that, as a physician and someone that's been in the healthcare world for quite some time now, people are building solutions for problems that are often don't really exist, or they're such a tiny fragment of the market. And I think part of that is these people haven't lived the problem. So I think traditional entrepreneur advice is solve a problem you know. Yeah. And so if you know healthcare and you've been involved in healthcare, if you're 21 and wanted to build a healthcare tech company, I don't know, I'd get some degree in healthcare. Even if you don't have, if you have a business degree, go work at a hospital as a hospital administrator, go yeah. work in a medical office, get some sort of living, working experience in the healthcare world. And maybe over and above consulting, I see a lot of healthcare consultants who found companies, a lot of those are great, don't get yeah. me wrong. But again, a lot of those people have never really lived the day-to-day -day problems. And, and so I think live the problem, and if that's getting pizzas delivered faster, do that. If it's healthcare, do that, uh, number one. And number two, I think, in healthcare is it is a very complex market to enter if you're an outsider. So kind of vis-a-vis -vis my earlier comment there about being trying to be an insider first. If you are an outsider, I mean, enlist the help of um, 
people in the system. I mean, try and find, you know, a chief medical officer. And again, this isn't anything new, but, but really get somebody that knows the problem, that has lived it. Um, you know, and it might be a family friend, it might be a colleague of yours that you went to college with who's a doctor, but find someone in the system if you're not in the system, because I think you'll build a much better product, you'll, build a me you'll solve a much bigger problem, um, and I think you'll see success if you do that, right? Yeah, great advice. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Michael. If anyone wants to learn more about your guys' company, where can they find you? Yeah, so they can look at healthmedocs.com. So healthmedocs, D-O-C-S.com. Uh, and at any rate, I'm sure we'll be able to provide some information on the podcast, too, where you can find us. Great. Yeah, we'll link everything in the description. But thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate hey, your time. Thanks a lot. really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun.